Welcome back to another Sports Discussion Podcast here. We're joined with Manny Manouk, first time on the show, and as always, NHL Discussion, also known as Anthony Jacob. Dylan has other business to attend to today. He will not be uh, attending the show. Um, today is November the 19th, approximately 4.10 p.m. in Winnipeg, local time. Um, for any future episodes, any questions or segments you want us to talk about, uh, please shoot us a text at 431 200 2718. Now, getting right into things here. NHL, Corey Schneider has been placed on waivers, sent down to the NHL. What are your thoughts on this move? Well, uh, he's had all sorts of hip injury problems. I mean, we have our goaltending expert, Manny, with us today. We're so, so happy to have Manny with us. But How are you doing, by the way? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I mean, he'll give us all sorts of insight into what lower body injuries can do to goaltenders as they age, but... Corey Schneider, since he's had those hip injuries, I mean, before that, he's one of the best goalies in the league, really. I mean, on a stats basis, and when they traded for uh, Schneider, they expected him to continue to be that. But, uh, you know, his performance has really slipped since uh, since he's been uh, had those injuries. And at this point, uh, he's definitely not a National Hockey League goaltender. The 33-year-old goaltender has struggled in limited action this season, going 0-4-1 with a .852 save percentage in six games. He's been outplayed by the 22-year-old Mackenzie Blackwood, who's posted a 7-4-3 record and a .904 save percentage in 14 contests. New Jersey will save nearly 800000 against the cap in Schneider if he stays in the NHL for the rest of the season. Manny, what do you think of well, this as our goaltending expert? Well, Corey Schneider, you know, he really he's just been going off the rails the last couple of seasons. You know, I really have been watching his game, and I just don't see an NHL goalie in him. He's got uh, his equipment isn't matching, which is kind of a joke. And, Do you think uh, he's done in the NHL? He's definitely done in the NHL. There's no doubt about it. He just it. looks so slow would, in the net, doesn't he? He would need to be traded for him to even have a chance. Oh, I mean, but the contract he's under—what is it? Three more years at six million. I mean, no like one's that. taking that, so exactly. he's he's stuck where he is. He's I mean, he's perhaps back. the Devils could buy him out, but really, the Devils are kind of stuck with having him. Uh, Having exactly. him uh, in their uh, roster. I don't even see him being a good AHL goalie, honestly, at this point in his career. Well, just the slow movements. I mean, he's a guy who's played in the NHL for a number of years. He's not going to want to toil around in the minors. He might be someone who, uh, at the end of the day, calls it quits instead of, uh, instead of risking further injury, I think. Yeah, you know, and then we'll go over to the three stars of the week here. Keith Yandel, third star of the week from the Florida Panthers. A stellar defenseman. Um, I wouldn't call him, would you call him an elite defenseman, a top defenseman in the league? Would, I would. Would you consider him I that would, I would call him an elite defenseman. Just the simple fact that he carries their defense. I'll you tell have you Ekblad, but he brings the points to the table. Ekblad's more of a defensive player. He is player. a third yeah. star of the week. Ekblad definitely is more of a defensive defenseman. Yandel, outstanding offensively. He car- carries power play one for the Panthers. Terrific offensively rushing the puck. He does struggle a bit in his own end. That's going to hold him back from in that elite tier, but he's certainly he's an impact player, and uh, the Panthers are lucky to have him. Exactly. Yeah, if yeah. I th- I think if he's not playing in Florida, he's considered an elite defenseman. Just the fact he uh, has no fans. Do you well, think he's shadowed? Maybe the problems are his defensive uh, defensive faults, and that's gonna that's gonna continue to hurt him as he ages because he struggles in his own zone, and that's what's holding him back. I think. Yeah, you know, and then second star of the week out of Colorado, they're doing well this year. Uh, my personal pick, actually, for the Stanley Cup is the, Colo- yeah, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Nathan McKinnon, second star of the week, 
What do you guys think about that? Does he deserve the second star of the week? Well, we saw him play against the Winnipeg Jets last week, and he is absolutely dominant. You know, his speed, his powerfulness, his good. his shot. Nathan McKinnon's one of the most. He's a player. He's one sure. of the most talented players in the league. Love to watch Nathan McKinnon play, and he's definitely deserved the second star. Nathan McKinnon's a top three player in this league. Uh, big player, right hand shot out of Halifax. He really brings that Colorado Avalanche together. Like he's gonna win a cup. There's no doubt about it. Oh, uh, that, sometime in the future. Yeah, sometime. the Avalanche are set up to win a Kale cup. Kale McCarr some point. is helping too. Huge. Oh, he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL already. So. He's so young too. That's the thing. And the boys have been missing Rantanen and Landeskog exactly. for And they're still doing well. And they're oh, goaltending. They're goaltending well. with Adam Warner. Their goalies Warner. are both hurt. Yeah, their goalies are, are both hurt. They're both back tonight. Actually, Grubauer is making his uh, first start tonight after Amazing. missing five games. So it's going to be a big uh, bump for the Avs. Um, I think they might finish first or second in the Central. I think they might finish first or second in the league. Really? I couldn't agree more. Uh, the Western Conference isn't that, isn't that loaded or front-loaded. You could no. say Vegas is probably as talented as them, but exactly. they're Third sitting around two, 500. Also, yeah. they've been all, all their three stars have been injured recently. That is that. totally yeah. true. Yeah. And uh, first star, I mean, no surprise here. Connor McDavid out of Edmonton, like, well, it's like he can't be stopped. Exactly. Like he's career high six points one game this week. Like, Another hat he, trick. He can't be stopped. Him by and Drysdale are absolutely ridiculous. Best duo in the league. Well, yeah. right now Leon Drysdale is on pace for 160 points. No one's ever scored 160 points except for Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. So, I mean, obviously that pace is pretty much, uh, it's unsustainable for a whole season. But if they do continue, if he does continue that, that's that's a historic season for Dreisaitl. Exactly. You know, I think the Edmonton Oilers, I think they'll have a great year this year. Maybe not the best year, just because they're still developing. But um, Darnell Nurse has also helped on the blue line. Um, but yeah, I think... I think definitely the best duo in the league is McDavid and Dreisaitl. The big, all the credit has to go to Ken Holland, the GM of the Oilers. He completely fixed that team with one move. And we all know what that move was. Lucic for Neil. Completely fixed that team. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, as soon as McDavid and Dreisaitl stop scoring, these guys are falling off a cliff. Yeah. I mean, there's they nothing have, behind they them. There's no nothing offense. behind them. They have, yeah, they have no offense from anyone else. I will guarantee you that if McDavid or Dreisaitl get hurt for an extended period of time, this team is falling right down the standings once again because they rely so hard on them. I mean, there's no one else except for Nuge who produces whatsoever. So that's definitely a concern for the Oilers. Yeah, I think the biggest news, honestly, in Canadian hockey right now is the Toronto Maple Leafs and how they've been on a slide recently with all their top guns. I mean, you can go down the ex- like the excuse road and say, oh, well, Marner's hurt and, you know, Kerfoot's hurt. Well, that's no excuse. You look at who they played, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Exactly. The Penguins were without Crosby, Latang, Hornquist. They had their backup goalie uh, starting and got throttled. They're on a five-game slide right now. And what do you think of Babcock's job security? Well, I'll tell you about uh, I'll tell you about what he said. Um, what he said yesterday about his job security. He said, "I'm gonna do it as hard as I can, as long as I can." I've always Despite the fact that he hasn't won a cup in 10 years. Exactly. And sure, he's coached Team Canada. Sure, he's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But he hasn't won anything in 10 years. And the Toronto Maple Leafs have had the same defensive problems for four years. I mean, at some point, the Leafs are going to have to make a change in the coaching because right now things aren't working. I don't think uh, Mike Babcock has anything to worry about as of yet. He does have... See, when you're that reliant on your these four players like Toronto is and they start going down, 
it's hard to blame the coach, especially when the leader, John Tavares, was down for an extended period They're of time. They're scoring, though. They're scoring. Exactly. It they, continues to be problems in their own end. Exactly. And they improve their defense. I mean, you could say on paper their defense is fine. Exactly. On paper, it's okay. In the game, though, is a whole different story. On paper, they're good. They have Riley, Muzz, and Barry. Those are three very good, if not elite, defensemen. Well, they should definitely be better than they are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they definitely should. They should be a lock as a playoff team. And right now they're probably going to miss the playoffs. No. And I think it's a lot because of systems. They, they might not miss the playoffs, but they really need to figure it's, it out here. Before, I think in between um, American Thanksgiving and Christmas, if they don't pick it up, they have a good shot at missing the playoffs. Like, I think like they won't have much chance if they don't be consistent. Like, their top guys are producing, but it's not on a consistent basis. And it doesn't look like they even want to play for Mike Babcock anymore. Well, it really doesn't. And Kyle Dubas this summer hands over the keys to Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, paying them over 11, you know, around $11 million a season per guy. And all they're doing is they're crapping the bed out there. I mean, they're exactly. not trying defensively. They're not back-checking. No. How can you hand the keys over to these young guys if they're clearly not ready? And Tyson Berry, I don't think he's going to get a big paycheck this summer. Oh, no. I mean, he's costing himself millions and millions of dollars. He could be looking at a deal at around seven years, seven million now. I don't think anyone's going to pay him more than three a year. This guy's been terrible. Exactly. The Leafs are going to be fine. You think? I'm not too sure. Uh, this team is continues to have the same problems year after year after year, and they can't seem to address them. And continuing to play Morgan Riley with Cody Cece. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode. I don't have to go in about Cody Cece anymore. He's one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. He's getting pumped out there against top competition. And what does Mike Babcock do in practice? He splits up the Muzz and Barry pairing instead of Riley Cece. It doesn't make sense what the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing strategy and coaching-wise. And that continues to happen. And they're getting good goaltending from Freddie Anderson, and they're still losing. I don't understand what's going on in Leafland, but I don't think it's going to fix anytime soon. Exactly. What about Cody Cece today? Well, Cody Cece, he had another absolutely horrendous game. Horrendous against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, this guy cannot make a breakout pass to save his life. Exactly. He cannot, he cannot skate. He cannot defend. He's a big guy. He's physical, but he can't make a hit. No. I don't understand why he's in the NHL. He has no tools to be an NHL defenseman. Cody Cece is terrible, and Mike Babcock doesn't seem to be able to realize that. You know, now moving on here with the 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame induction this weekend, we're now looking ahead to the 2020 ballot. You know, the lock apparently is Jerome McGinley with 1,300 points in just over 1,500 games. It's pretty impressive, wouldn't you say? I think so. You think so, yeah. And, you know, Daniel Alfredson is also a strong case to be inducted. What do you think about that, Daniel Alfredson? Well, I'm not sure about Alfredson. He was kind of very good, but... I'm not sure he's Hall of Fame worthy. Jerome McGinley certainly one of the certainly. best one of the best goal scorers of his generation. Exactly. Jerome McGinley, first ballot Hall of Famer. We'll see about Alfredson. Alfredson's uh, been passed over a few years now, so do you think this is his time to? Well, lots of times the the voters tend to give it to players who uh, have lots of leadership traits, and Alfredson definitely has that. Although he was never an elite player in the NHL, I wouldn't say. And so that might that might lead to him not making uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, you know, going across uh, the country now, from uh, or sorry, going to Quebec now, Montreal. Uh, the Canadians will be out with one of their top forwards, uh, 
Drew N for eight weeks after surgery. Do you think this will affect the Montreal Canadiens in the long run, or do you think that they'll be able to be consistent? Canadians are a team with lots of depth, uh, especially after picking up those players last year, Tatar, Domi. Yeah. I think they'll, uh, they're will they definitely going to feel some impacts, but with Price and Net, they'll be fine. The wrist surgery for Jonathan Drouin and Paul Byron will be out for a while as well. Those are two solid forwards. Yeah, exactly. Paul Byron, he's an energy guy. He brings a lot to that locker room. He tries hard on the ice, good on the penalty kill. That's a, that's a guy they're going to miss, but... Duran, I think this has been his best season of his career so far. He's finally rounding out his game defensively, playing well, chipping in offensively. So they're going to miss Duran, but this is a team that plays as a team. And unlike the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think it's kind of a next man up mentality. And they'll just bring up the next guy from the American Hockey League, yeah. and he'll continue to produce. Maybe we can see more mm. names like Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki? Yeah. Good work there, yeah. Nick Suzuki, he's great prospect, great for we'll Team Canada last year. We'll chirp him later about that one there. But yeah. I'd love to see Nick Suzuki get a bigger role with the Canadians. Yeah, you know, and now this is big. I mean, no one expected the Jets to be doing this well right off the bat here. Beginning of the season. Yeah, well, of course Manny did. But, but, you know, the Jets here have been on a roll. They're in action tonight in Nashville. Huge uh, Central Division matchup, rivalry game here. Um, What are your thoughts on how the Jets have been able to produce and be able to find ways to win games in, you know, tough buildings and – Considering their roster and lack of, you know, strength on the blue line, how do you feel about Well, when you have a weak team on the blue line, you, you need one thing in particular, and that's goaltending. And I think Hellebuck's definitely stepped up. He's uh, beginning to show some good numbers, ones that he had a couple years ago when he was a Vezna, uh, running for the Vesna. And I think that's definitely helped him out. Yeah, I think Hellebuck's done very well, but he struggled at the start of the year. And that's a little bit concerning because maybe that creeps back into his game. And with the blue line the way it is, they rely so heavily on Hellebuck that if he lets one weak one pass him, the Jets are probably losing just because that defense that defense is so vulnerable. And they've played well as a group lately, but the names that they have, I just don't see them being able to uh, carry this team not only to a playoff spot, but into a playoff round and perhaps winning a playoff round just because of the names on it. Um, Certainly Blake Wheeler moving the second line center. That's an interesting move. He hasn't had the greatest start to his year. I think he's at about half a point per game right now. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, Wheeler moving moving the center on the second line? Well, you know, I mean, he's... He's the captain of the team. I think he should be one of the better players. And I think that, you know, adding a, a veteran presence, if you will, to the second line with the young guys, I think that may help them get going. Um, I think he might, may be able to uh, produce more. Um, but I don't know. I think that it was a smart move by the coach. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had the best, best of start to the season. So I think it's appropriate to move him down to the second line. And now, you know, we're looking at... Uh, spitting incident last night Washington against Anaheim I mean Washington Capitals forward Garnet Hathaway was given a match penalty Monday night for spitting on Anaheim Ducks defenseman Eric Goodbranson after a scrum broke out in the, in the late second period you know what do you think the appropriate uh, penalty should be or do you think he should be fined or even suspended the for appropriate this, penalty for, for that would be to some fourth liner on Anaheim to run the guy that would be the appropriate oh that's the old action. school way that's not going to happen anymore no one's going to do that but 
last playoffs, or was it two years ago, Brad Marchand was going around licking people. He wasn't suspended. So I'm not sure if spitting on someone's any worse than licking someone. So I think if the National Hockey League does anything more than fine Hathaway for this play, I think that's that's a little unfair when uh, Marchand's not when Marchand's not getting suspended. All right, now we're doing uh, another segment. We did it last episode with the Goalhorns. It's time for our personal power rankings. And on today's episode, we will be going over personal power rankings picked by each of our uh, members on the panel here. The top five goalies in the league so far. So far in the first quarter of the season. Um, so going around the table here at number five. Uh, NHL discussion, who do you have at number five? At number five, I have Jordan Bennington. Stanley Cup champion. Should have won the Conn Smythe Trophy. He didn't. He stole a lot of games in the playoffs. But again, we're talking about this season, not what he did last year. This year, he saved four goals above expected. I think he's continued to play terrific. The Blues play a very defensive style game, which lots of games, they really struggle to produce offense. And Bennington's held his own end of the stick when he's had to. I love Jordan Bennington's play this so far this season. He's number five. Going to Manny uh, Number here. five on my list, uh, Tuka Rask. I really base this on who, if you look back on your defenseman, who would you, like, if you were a defenseman, you looked at your goalie, who would you want to have in net? Tuka Rask is just a solid, really consistent goaltender. You know what you get when you have Tuka Rask. Very calm. Very calm. Uh, he can be a Stanley Cup contending goalie. Oh, As we sure. saw last year in the playoffs. Made it to the finals. Um, number five for me, I have Connor Hellebuck. He has one shutout on the year, nine wins, .927 save percentage, and a 2.44 goals against average. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is coming. I mean, coming out of Winnipeg, he's basically carrying the team right now. Like They're finding ways to win, and he's just been stellar for them all season long. I think he, this may have been the best, or it is the best uh, year for him in terms of consistency, I believe. Uh, starting out the season, so I hope uh, my boy from Winnipeg can keep going. So we're going down to number four here from NHL discussion. Number four on my list is Thomas Grice from the New York Islanders. I wasn't a huge fan of Grice last year. I thought that perhaps he was he had a bit of a lucky season, but he's continued that into this season. He's second in the league in terms of goals saved above expected, and he continues to prove that he's one of the that he's not a tandem goaltender anymore, but he can hold his own as a starting netminder. Uh, I disagree on that one there, bud. All right, so who's your number four? My number four is Ben Bishop, Dallas Stars. He still had a rough start, but he still is leading. He's in, He's up there with the goals against average. And he's been dynamite. Percentage. He's been diamond. He's great. Uh, he's the big reason why the Stars are starting to come back. And he's just a huge guy in net. Like I would love to have him in net. The only thing with Bishop is certainly his injury history. He does have injury history, but, but when Thomas, he's... Thomas Grice is a backup goalie at best. Well, he's a good tandem, you and he's played outstanding. You can never see him as a starter. He's not even the starter. Varlamov's a starter. Well, he's certainly outperformed Varlamov. He's been one of the best goaltenders in the league by any stats you look Grice, at. You would, if you had Grice as your starter, you'd be a sub-500 team. If he's starting most of your games, it's not going to be good. None of these guys. None of these guys are starting every game though. He's Rask, a perfect, Rask on your list. He's splitting starts with Hudobin. He's a perfect or, tandem. No, Halak, Grace Halak, is a, and uh, Ben Bishop's splitting starts as well. So that's where the NHL is going. They're splitting starts, and if you can get your number one guy, test great. Starts. I think that's number four. Uh, number four. I'm going to go a little higher here uh, than what Manny said. He had Tuka at number five. I'm going to put him at 
uh, number four because he has two shutouts already on the year and eight wins, which is pretty impressive with one of the best teams in the league. He has a .927 save percentage and uh, 2.14 goals against average, which is very good, very solid. He's been solid basically his whole career. I mean, he's the backbone for the Boston Bruins um, besides the Dano Char, and I think he's been really good so far. And I, I know for a fact he's just going to be very consistent throughout the year, as he always is. So now we're going down to number three on the list, top three for the personal power rankings, top five goalies, NHL discussion. Who do you have at number three? Number three, I have Marc-Andre Fleury, the backbone for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's carried this team for this is now his third year, continues to play well. He has that veteran presence. No one's quite as experienced, I'm not sure, as Marc-Andre Fleury, who's still that good. He continues to do it year after year continues to carry this team that doesn't necessarily have the greatest defense core. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. He's number third. Uh, number three on my list is Robin Leonard. He is a great goalie. He really, since he got away from those spirits in his head, uh, he's really carried the team. Both teams, the Islanders and the Blackhawks now. He's on one of the worst teams in the league. But as as the Grice, uh, as the Grice argument, is he a starting goalie, though? Yeah, yes, he is definitely a starting goalie. I think you proved that by almost... But he's still splitting defense. starts. Yeah, but Corey Crawford, he's only splitting starts because Corey Crawford's a veteran in Chicago. That's true, that's true. Evan, who's third uh, Number list? three on my list, I have higher once again, Thomas Grice. I mean, he doesn't have any shutouts this year. He's the only guy on my list who doesn't have a shutout. But, I mean, he's had eight wins so far with a .938 save percentage and uh, under two, under two goals against uh, average with 1.98. I mean, he's been pretty good so far and... You know, I think this is going to be one of his best years. That's why I put him on my list because he he deserves to be recognized around the league as a as an elite goaltender. So now going down to number two here, NHL discussion. Who do you have at uh, your second position? At number two, I've got Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, very high on this one. After a very slow start from Hellebuck, where he almost lost his job to Laurent Brassois, who Brassois is now one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL statistically. But we'll go on to Hellebuck now. The last few weeks, he's carried the Jets from being a team that looks like they should be contending for a lottery pick. Now, all of a sudden, a team that's hanging on to a playoff spot, and despite their lineup not being very not being very good, Hellebuck's carrying them right now, and right now they're a playoff team. Manny, what are your Number thoughts? two on my list two. is also Connor Hellebuck. He's just really stepped up since you know the Jets, uh, they've uh, gone way weaker on that decor. Uh, he's just a great goalie. Um, number two for myself, I'm going with Mark andre Fleury. He has two shutouts on the season, 10 wins, .920 save percentage. And, uh, you know, I would say this is a pretty bad goals against average considering you're uh, an elite goalie in the league with a 2.52 goals against uh, average. But I think he's going to... It's mostly the amount of shots the Jets uh, are facing. Exactly. Golden Knights. Oh, yes. But yeah. Yes. But I think he's a great goalie and... You know, it's still early in the season, and he's proved his dominance throughout the years, and I think that um, he's he's always going to be one of the best goalies in the league for as long as he plays, so I'm putting him at number two. So now going down to the number one position here, um, I don't think this is going to be a big surprise for many people. I think we all may have the same answer, actually. So I got discussion, who do you Darcy have? Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes. Antti Ranta was traded for to be their number one goaltender a couple of years ago, but he hasn't. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Right now, Kemper is basically lapping the field statistically. He's saved almost nine goals above expected. That's that's 
much more than even Thomas Grice had at about five. And Darcy Kemper is the backbone of the Coyotes team right now. He's the reason they're winning games. Uh, they're, they're not a team that scores very many goals, but they can still win games because of their defense and because of the play of Darcy yeah. Kemper. He's my number one. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be necessarily a contender this year, but I think they'll make make it to the playoffs and maybe even have a first-round victory depending on where they finish. My number one is going to sound a little cliche, but I have Carey Price. Oh, Carey Price at Carey number Price. one. Carey Price is... Give us your reasoning. He is so good. He's, his stats aren't that great, but that's just because he's on the Canadians. I mean, he wins games. He has a winning. He has a crazy winning record. Like he just wins. He's a great goaltender. He wins those games, and that's all that matters. Well, I'll tell you what. If if it's Game Seven, the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm still taking Carey Price over any other yes. goalie. But doesn't Carey mean Price. that I'd have him number one on my list. I think that's a bit of a bit of a, bit of an old, bit of a stretch from you. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with Anthony here at my number one pick. I'm going with Darcy Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes. Statistically, he's been the best goalie so far to start off the season across the board with two shutouts, nine wins, one less than Marc-Andre Fleury, but nine wins, easy to catch up, one game apart, but with a .937 save percentage and a 1.85 goals against average. Unreal. That is ex- unreal. That is extremely, extremely high. Um, for you know, a goalie who's playing on a team that hasn't been the strongest in the league throughout these past couple of years, and I think the reason why Arizona is so strong this year is because of him, and because of the fact that you know they're clicking, and he's the backbone basically. So that's why I'm putting him at number one. So now moving on uh, from hockey, now we're going to uh, the CFL Grey Cup week. Grey Cup week. Um, CFL has been, you know, they're going to be calling this the Drought Bowl because it is in between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who haven't won since 1990, and the Hamilton Cats. Um, you know, so going into this game Sunday, uh, kickoff is at 5 p.m. Central. Manny, you know, you're a CFL guy. What do you think? You know, what, like, what are you seeing? It's in the definitely going to be a quarterback battle. Uh, Shane Evans. Dane Evans. Dane Evans. Dane Evans, my bad. Uh, he's a rookie. And Zach Claros has been kind of uh, shit in the bed the last couple of years. Uh, so it's going to be a big... He's going to have to prove something here. Um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, it was no surprise that Hamilton won the Eastern Final against Edmonton. Um, Hamilton was rocking. They were fired up for that game. Winnipeg has... Um, I don't know. Winnipeg beat Calgary in Calgary, which is insane. And then they go on to beat Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan. Rivalry game, which is also insane. I mean, that that was a big win for the Bombers. And I think that, you know, with that being said, it's going to be a close Grey Cup. It's definitely going to be a defensive battle, quarterback battle. Um, I think, honestly... I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats will win just based on the fact that they have been so strong all year in every single department. Special teams, offense, defense, they've been so good. And I think Hamilton will win. Um, Hamilton has met Winnipeg eight times in the Grey Cup. Hamilton has won three of those games, and Winnipeg has won five. Um, Zach Caleros played for Hamilton. So now going up against his former team, what do you guys see? What do you think? Do you think he's going to be strong or do you think he may struggle a bit he'll certainly have something to prove going up against his former team one of the things i'm a little disappointed about is that 
is that Lucky Whitehead has been a scratch the last four games. And because of that, we won't be able to see a matchup of him against Brandon Banks. And that's disappointing because those are two of the most electrifying wide receivers in the CFL. Whitehead has really struggled as of late, and that's disappointing because he was a really exciting player to watch earlier in the season. And second of all, another disappointment. We weren't able to get Schwartz guy on the show today. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. I'd like to see him put pants on, but at this point it may be a lifestyle. Like, if, if you're Mike O'Shea right now, you're calling pants guy into the room. You're telling him, give a speech in front yeah. of the boys. Yeah. He's going to fire them up. Yeah. When they win, they're pulling, they're grabbing pants out of the locker room. They're putting them on pant, on shorts guy. Yeah. That's their motivation <clears throat> is shorts guy, really. Exactly. I think the Bombers will do it for shorts guy. Yeah. The, ha- the Bombers can win if they shut down Brandon Banks. That's all there is to it. Exactly. I think there's going to be, I think they're going to play a lot of zone coverage. Uh, in the Grey Cup, well, they've been playing man, but they have not seen a matchup like Brandon Banks or Braylon Addison with that speed. And the Bomber secondary is not that strong. Winston Rose is leading the CFL in interceptions. He's having a great year, but I don't think they can match the speed of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They're going to need some big performance from performances from their defense if they want to have a chance in this Grey Cup. They yeah. certainly do have a chance, but they're going to need big performances. Exactly. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are eight and twelve in the Grey Cup. They last played for the championship in the 102nd Grey Cup in BC, where they were defeated 20 to 16 by Calgary. They last won the Grey Cup in 1999 by a score of 32, uh, 21 over Calgary. You know, and going to the West now, the uh, Bombers own a uh, 10 and 14 record in the Grey Cup. They last appeared in the championship game in 2011 at the 99th Grey Cup, where they were defeated by the BC Lions, 34 to 23. Um, the last time Winnipeg won the Grey Cup, oh my goodness, boys, this was a long time ago, 1990 against Edmonton. Um, you know, so this is why they are calling it the Drought Bowl because the both teams have not won in the 2000 era yet. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. Both teams um, well deserving of victories. Hamilton coming off of a 15 and three. Uh, regular season record and Winnipeg coming off this extremely long drought and not having the strongest regular season due to injuries of Matt Nichols he's been out all season and Strebler came in did a all right job like he wasn't stellar but I mean he got some of the job done so let's go around the table here let's see get your picks locked in who you got for the great cup Manny Winnipeg Uh, I'm gonna go with Hamilton on this one I'm going Hamilton as well. Producer Maxwell, who you have in the Grey Cup? Um, I'm thinking Winnipeg. I just got my hopes up. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. but. All right, so we have three Winnipeg. No, sorry, two Winnipegs, two Hamiltons. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. Um, you know, also some CFL. I wouldn't, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call this a debate topic, but who do you think will stay in Winnipeg as a quarterback? They have three quarterbacks who are going to be free agents by the end of this year. Matt Nichols. Chris Trevler and Zach Caleros, they can't sign all three because those are three money contracts that they can't afford. So who do you guys think will stay in Winnipeg? Well, Caleros wins the Grey Cup, he stays. That's all there is to it. Can yeah. agree more. Uh, Nichols can, you know, he really hasn't helped the team out a ton the last couple years. He's won those a couple games, but if Caleros can win, then they obviously don't need Nichols. Are we pretty much over with Strevler? Do Have we pretty much given up hope? that he's going to become a starting QB in the CFL. I mean, he has certainly has the 
physical tools, but when it comes to throwing the ball downfield, it doesn't seem like he's talented enough to be a starting quarterback in the CFL. What are you? No, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but he has a better chance of being a good running back. He was in the top five in rushing yards this year. Like, as a quarterback, that shouldn't happen unless you're Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens, who has also had an outstanding year, but we'll get into that later. Um... So yeah, so Grey Cup week, 5 p.m. kickoff Central Time on TSN. It's going to be great matchup. Um, coverage starts at noon Central Time. Uh, so getting into some other uh, football news from the NFL, they had a game last night, Mexico City, uh, international game between the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs took it 24-17. Um, you know, the Chiefs have had a strong year, 7-4. and four. And I think Patrick Mahomes, do you think he wins MVP? I don't. I don't. don't. I can't see Mahomes winning MVP this early in his career. Yeah. Uh, Manny, what do you think on uh, Patrick Mahomes? Do you think he's having a good year? With that dislocated knee coming back, You know, do you think he's going to be able to perform? I think so. For an MVP trophy. You think? I think so. Uh, he's, just, uh, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't know if he qualifies for that. I don't know. I don't, Manny, I don't know if he qualifies for rookie. Um, well, that's tough. It's tough to hear. Um, you know, Baltimore has also had a very strong year, 8-2 and two on the season. Lamar Jackson has been absolutely outstanding, a different style of quarterback. Uh, he's a more of a running quarterback, even though he said previously he hates running. But they've basically built Baltimore around Lamar Jackson, and he's had a great year. I think he's possibly even better than Tom Brady at this point. Um, obviously, some will argue that Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, but this year I think you know, Lamar Jackson may be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, maybe better than uh, Tom Brady. Well, we'll see what happens in playoff time when it comes to Brady, I'd say. Exactly, and Tom Brady, um, you know, he's very frustrated this year, missing Gronk at the tight end position, missing his top weapon. He's been frustrated. He's admitted um, that, you know, the offense has been struggling, even though they've had a great, great season so far. But, um, yeah, I don't don't have much else to say about that uh, specific topic. But um, some more news about the Miles Garrett uh, suspension. Um, their coach, the head coach for the Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens made his first public comments on Monday since an ugly on-field incident last week uh, where Browns pass rusher Miles Garrett hit Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. So it was basically, if you didn't see, basically sacked him with eight seconds left in the game, ripped him up by the helmet, ripped the helmet off, and then smoke showed him in the head with his own helmet. So very uncalled for. He got suspended for the season. And, uh, you know, the coach basically... I think he's a nut job. He said, Miles Garrett is a good person, and we're not going to pile on uh, any more hate towards him. So, you know, very tough situation with their one of their best players gone out of Cleveland. So now uh, moving on to the Raptors. Um, the, the Toronto Raptors have been very good this year. Um, you know, they are coming off a five-game road trip. Their toughest road trip of the year, going back to back against the Clippers and Lakers. They stole one game out of LA. Um, they're nine and four on the season, and the next game is against the Orlando Magic Wednesday. Um, you know, I think that Toronto's having a great year this year once again. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily contenders, but um, 
You know, OG Ananobi came back 27 minutes, 24 points on the night against Charlotte. Um, that was played Monday night. Marcus has been um, struggling this year. He hasn't put up the points, but he's definitely putting up the minutes. And uh, Pascal Siakam got 34 minutes, 20 points against Charlotte. Fred Van, v- Fred Van Vliet, pardon me, um, 30 minutes, 11 points on the night against Charlotte. So going over to some uh, MLB news now, here's our MLB analyst, Anthony. Well, it's, uh, things are starting to heat up now that the World Series has finished. And now we're into the general manager meetings, we're into some rule changes. And one thing that's come out is that the Houston Astros have admitted that they told their scouts to put videos on the other team to try and steal signs. And this is a big concern in, the, in Major League Baseball over the last few years whether stealing signs at what point is it cheating and at what point is it gamesmanship um if you're a guy in the game on the other team relaying signs to a guy at home plate i think that i think that's okay isn't it well i don't know i mean putting cameras into the game. yeah once once you bring out cameras once you bring out guys it's taking off out, the field then you're bringing out yeah it's taking out the natural aspect of the game and you know it's not making it as I don't believe it's as fair. It's kind of, you know, taking out the tech like putting in technology is taking out the human factor and kind of making it less interesting, wouldn't you say? I think so as well. You love to see the players battle for themselves, especially in big games and you see this in other sports where when they're relying on coaches too much, that can never be a good thing. Um other MLB room rule changes is that uh, they've implemented a new rule where a pitcher coming into a game must face at least three batters. And this is going to change the game drastically. The MLB wants to do this because, because, because... We'll get back to that one, I think. you can Because they want to shorten up games. Games are becoming so long, three and a half hours. No one wants to sit on the couch. I'm sure, Manny, you can relate to this. No one wants to sit on the couch... Watch a baseball game for four Especially hours. Baseball, like, come on, yeah. give me a break. And baseball, so, you're talking five hours for baseball. Like that may be the most boring, dry sport in history. Well, not, don't forget about soccer. Okay, soccer's not that bad. Penalty shootouts, soccer. Like, if he goes to shootout, what can you say? Darts. That's darts. okay. Is that really a sport at this point? We, I don't think we'll be getting into darts. But. No, I don't think we will. But yeah, that's the that's the MLB's intent here is that they're trying to shorten up games, but at the same time, it's going to eliminate matchups in a case where managers would bring in left-handed pitchers to face left-handed hitters in certain situations. That won't happen anymore because you're not allowed to take that guy in after one after one batter, and so that's definitely going to quicken up games. That'll be good for the fans. I'm excited for that rule to be uh, implemented next season. Yeah, and you know, just talking about some nonsense now here out of Miami. The Miami Dolphins have just cut uh, Mark Walton, who was arrested uh, Tuesday morning for uh, basically aggravated battery on a pregnant woman. Um, the woman is five five weeks pregnant, and the father is is Walton. So, I mean, the father basically assaulted his girlfriend and wife, I don't really know. But um, he has now been released from the Miami Dolphins, who are basically a joke organization at this point. Um, 
you know, some more nonsense. Uh, I've got some nonsense for you. I'd, lo- I'd like to look at some fantasy hockey news from, uh, from our current pool. Let's look at a trade that Evan made for, you know, before the season started. We may right. not. Ge- we'll we'll dive we'll dive deep into this. I think it's necessary. All right, Evan over here trades Leon Drysital, leading the league in points, for Braden Point. One hour later, one hour later, it's announced Braden Point will be out for a month. All right, not a big deal. Okay, what does Evan do next? He goes ahead. Goes ahead and trades Braden Point for Nikolai Ehlers. Ehlers is now toiling on Evan's bench, <laughs> while Leon Dreisaitl is leading yeah. the league in points. He's on pace for the most points anyone scored, except for Lemieux or Gretzky. He's having a historic season on someone else's team, while Nikolai Ehlers is Nikolai not, Ehlers is on his bench. Yeah. So Evan, would you like to explain your rationale behind your tr- behind this trade, uh, Manny? Do you have any different opinions? What are you guys well, thinking you know, about this? Well, let's listen what Manny has to say first before I comment. Well, I just think it's an awful trade. You know, I wouldn't pull the trigger on Leon Drysaddle, especially after he's playing with McDavid. What did he, he score? Fifty hurt. goals last year, and you're tr- and you're trading him for Braden Point. All right, so here's my comment on this topic here. Um, basically, I picked Kucherov first overall, who is also underperforming. So I thought you know it'd be a good idea to have. Kucherov and Brain Point be on the same fantasy team and just collect just a ton of points for myself. And, um, you know, after Point was injured, an hour after I acquired him, that was a bit of a no joke. No fault to yourself there, let's be honest. Yeah, here. and then after he came back, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll give him a couple games here to get it going. And he didn't. He did not get it going. So then I proceeded to trade him for Nikolai Ehlers, who's, I, I'm just who's having a good year. He's having a good year. And let's be honest here, he's overperforming, I think, and he's on the second line. What mindset were you in to trade a number one center, Braden Point, for a second line winger in Nikolai Ehlers? What was going through your mind? Well, Braden Point has been out, so I didn't think he was going to... Oh, okay, out. Okay, well, I didn't... He hasn't... Hasn't produced points while well, he's injured. Like, <laughs> like, you expect him to produce points while he's injured? <laughs> no, but I, that's what I'm saying. I gave him a chance when he came back to prove himself to me. He did not. He has failed. He's not met expectations. And, you know, after coming back from hip surgery, being out for, you know, some time, I'd think he'll never be that the same guy again uh, due to the fact that, you know, he had a great year last year. And so, you know, I thought, you know, myself, be a good idea to acquire Nikolai Ehlers. Um, clearly, uh, probably the wrong choice. But honestly, Nikolai Ehlers has been playing better than Brain Point. So I do well, not regret that. But I do regret trading uh, Dry Saddle for Point. I may have been a contender in the fantasy pool. But now uh, those hopes have uh, diminished. Manny, so. what do you think about that? You have. Multiple players from different teams. You have Tavares and Marner. You also have Shifley and Wheeler. Do you like that strategy, having two guys from the same team, or would you, would you not do that again in the future? Well, it is a good strategy. Usually, it works out if they're both scoring. But in my case, so far, Tavares and Marner have both been hurt for extended periods of time, and uh, Wheeler has been playing like uh, really bad recently. He's been playing bad. You know, here's some more nonsense for you coming out of the NBA. The Golden State Warriors, who uh, have been ex- like 
the the team, the team in the NBA, are now sitting at a two and twelve record, last place in the NBA. Well, Curry's out. Some nonsense. Well, it is. I mean, it's Curry's that's, out. Curry, that's how basketball is. You lose your best players, and your team's gonna be awful. That's how it is in most sports, but it is, but especially, especially in the NBA. You want to hear some nonsense? Some nonsense. The Toronto Maple Leafs organization is a joke. That is nonsense. Oh, now we're getting into that the Maple is, Leafs It again. is nonsense. Their organization. Let's be honest. They've won two regulation games in their last 15. Two of, the, two of their last 15 games have been regulation wins. They're terrible. That's some nonsense if I've ever heard it. Exactly. You know, I mean, it. we don't really need to get into the Maple Leafs no, again. No, certainly not. Well, you already talked about yeah, their back end and no, how it's struggling. I, I honestly think, on paper... They have one of the better blue lines in the league. But at this point, the Winnipeg Jets, who have the worst D like in the league, D, by, in the far. league by far, D core in the league, uh, they're they're better than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, defense. clearly, yes. Any other nonsense you've got for us, Evan? Any more nonsense? Manny's pants over here, wearing some gray sweatpants. I don't know what that is. How about the cat staring him at, yeah, at me? The, the white cat. cat. The white cat. Right behind the stairwell. I'm not sure what it's doing there. Exactly. Seems to be giving Manny the eye down. But yeah, shout out to the cat. Shout out to Shorts Guy. Shout out to Mike Babcock. Well, not, not, no, no shout don't out. shout him out. Okay, well... I'm not sure what I'm saying there. Not a show to Mike. Just some nonsense at this point. That's just nonsense. I think we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, You know, once again, Grey Cup week, biggest week in CFL by far. Kickoff once again, 5 p.m. Central Time on TSN. Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, You know, other big news this week. Um, Well, there is none really, to be quite honest with you. Do you guys have any further comments on... You know, this week or any other sports? I think we'll have to wrap things up. Let's watch the Great Cup and we'll chat then. We will chat then.